Thank you. We're glad to have you and glad to have everyone that's coming on the line. Uh, this uh, this teaching is recorded, and uh, you can go back and listen to it at any time. And um, there is a reference number, and I'll give all that information to you at the end of the call. But I'm glad that you are here. I want to say to you, at the very beginning of this teaching, we I have just personally come out of a mentoring weekend. Uh, we're calling our mentoring weekends uh, Elevate. You know, the word elevate means to move something to a higher position, to promote to a higher rank or level. And I believe that 2013, uh, my friend, is the year that God wants to take all of us to the next level that's in our life. I don't know what that means to you, but I know what that means to me and Purpose International, the 501c3 ministry organization that I lead that's planting churches and Uh, raising up Christian colleges internationally and educating here in the United States. We're educating, elevating, and activating people all over the world. You know, I want you to know this statement as we begin our uh, mentoring, uh, Mentor's Mana today, that your present, your present is your future until you learn something new. Your present is your future until you learn something new. Now, you may have not had a lot of decision regarding your birth or who raised you, who your parents were, or even where you were raised, but you certainly can choose how much you will learn. You can choose how much you will learn. And we know in learning there's only really two ways to learn, mistakes and mentors. Mistakes and mentors. And... uh, Learning from mistakes is not the easier way. Uh, As I said in my book, 21 Things Every Leader Needs to Know, there's absolutely nothing you learn from the second kick of a horse. (laughs) There's just nothing to learn from the second kick of a horse. So you must press into mentorship, and I applaud you, and I recognize your desire to gain wisdom. I want you to get a pen, some paper, something to jot down, some notes, or type this into your Uh, netbook, your notebook, your phone, wherever, however you're getting this. Because I believe that that the truths that I'm sharing with you on on this mentor's manna is going to help you because it's coming right out of my experiences. A mentor is someone who knows what you don't know. A mentor is someone who has been where you have not been. We have folks listening. We have men and women listening to this call from all over the United States. I just heard Drake get on from California. He just got back from the nation of Paraguay, and I will talk with him a little bit later personally, one-on-one, and hopefully down the road he'll be able to share with us. But there are folks that are calling from California to the Carolinas. Uh, There are folks that are calling from down in Florida and, and down into the Caribbean, Folks calling from up in the Northeast and the Midwest and Texas and all over the country that are connecting to this call. And, and I, honor, I, I honor in you in, in your decision to become a lifetime learner. I honor you in knowing that you can't change where you were born, but you can choose how much you're willing to learn. And on today's Mentor's Manna, 
I want to talk to you about what I believe is one of the most vitally important subjects that anyone could ever teach you. As you go into this new year, I want to talk to you about relationships. Because I believe a good life is a collection of successful relationships. I want to say that again. A good life is a collection of successful relationships. In fact, as you read the Bible, as you read the Bible from the Old Testament to the New, you discover quickly that the Bible is really a book about relationships. In the beginning, it's a book about the relationship of God with man, and then man with woman, and then a man and a woman with their family, and then you begin to see how God raises up individuals, families. Uh, we, we have generational blessing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the relationship there. Uh, we have uh, Abram and, and Lot, and the relationship that was there. We have Elisha and Elijah, the one of the first mentoring relationships, spiritual fathering relationships. The Bible is a book. The Bible is a book. Uh, the Bible is a book about relationships, with the primary relationship with God being in the center of it all, and and with each other. I'm glad that you are connected. Uh, connected. I'm glad you are connected to me. I'm, I'm getting a couple little notes and memos and staying on my focus here um, as we are engineering this call and putting everything together. The Bible's a book about relationships. Now, over in the New Testament, the Bible's a book about relationships. Um, Jesus said, "When you see the the Father, you've seen me. The two of us are are one." Jesus went on to build relationships with 12. He sent out 70. We see the New Testament birthed with the, the founding of leadership in that church. It's all about relationship. We said, well, what about practical, pragmatic things? Let's not talk about theology. Let's, let's talk about practicology. <laughs> let's talk about the practicals of life. Well, I want to talk to you about that. I've been ministering, speaking, traveling, ministering. For over three decades, and I will tell you unequivocally and without hesitation and reservation that relationships will take you to where you need to go, and the wrong relationships will completely hinder you to the plan of God. Now, that's a very strong statement because you say, well, can't God do this and can't God do that? Yes, God can do anything. But you have to understand your role in every relationship that's being birthed into your life. There's a lot of folks that don't want relationship. Because when you have relationship, it increases expectation. It increases expectation. That's why folks get disappointed. Well, I'll never get that close to another person in my life. Well, yeah, you will. Because there's an old African proverb that says, if you want to run fast... Old African proverb, if you want to run fast, run alone. Run by yourself. But if you want to run far, you better have friends. If you want to have a long, lengthy, successful track record, you better know how to build relationships. 
you must look at every relationship that comes into your life and begin to understand that you must discern discern the divine difference. Write that down. You must discern the divine difference. You see, most of the time, opposites attract. Now, if you're married, you understand that. <laughs> opposites attract, and you've got to discern the divine difference. And if you're not careful, the very thing that was the attraction will become the distraction in that relationship. But you must discern the divine difference. You're given to detail. The person you're in relationship with is not. But you, but you wish that you had their spontaneity and their ability to, to, to let things roll off of them so quickly and, and you take things so strongly. They wish they had your ability to organize and, and to think further down the road. You've got to discern the divine difference. When you're getting ready to build a relationship, you need to know the character of who you're going to invest energy and time. Uh, I, I, I remember a young man standing in front of me not long ago, and he said to me, "I don't like it. I don't like to be judged. Don't judge me." He even he even put it on his Facebook account, and I want to tell you, beware of those who say, "Don't judge me," because I want to ask you a question: If you don't rightly judge, if you don't rightly know what they're about and where they're going, how can you invest in them? How can I invest good seed unless I know the soil? How can I invest time and counsel unless I have an understanding that they're going to receive my time and my counsel? <laughs> That's why I make the statement, this is a good statement, go where you're heated, not just where you're needed. Go where you're heated, not where you're just needed. Who's listening to you? Whose counsel is being embraced? There's a relationship that's being birthed there. It might be the mentor-protege relationship. It might, it, you might be fathering someone in a special gifting and anointing and an arena in their life. But go where you're heated, not just where you're needed. God never changed his agenda for the unthankful. Never, never will you read in the scriptures where God changed his agenda. In fact, he healed lepers, and, and when one came back, he said, didn't I heal ten? Where, where are the other ones? He was looking for the reciprocal relationship. Someone says, well, you know, I, I don't do, do anything, you know, for anything, uh, you know, at the end. I, I, just, I, just, I just give, and I don't really look for anything at the end. Really? So your paycheck is a mystery to you? You, you, when they hand you a check, when, when you were a kid and you went and cut five lawns in your neighborhood, they all just gave you a glass of water and said thank you? Didn't even bother to pay you for the gas and your lawnmower? No, I don't think so. I think that you are always pursuing the relationship that holds the greatest reward in your life. You say, what does that mean? What does it mean to be pursuing the relationship that holds the greatest reward? On an unconscious level, when your tooth begins to hurt, you're beginning to develop a relationship with the dentist. You might not have one, but you'll begin to find one. When your car begins to ping and knock and something's not right, you'll pursue a relationship with a mechanic, and hopefully a good one, and hopefully an honest one. We're always pursuing the relationship. 
<laughs> I was teaching that this uh, on relationships this weekend, and my good friend Thornton Lightsinger was here from South Carolina, here in Nashville. And uh, I jokingly said, when your computer goes out, you're going to pursue a relationship with Thornton. I'm telling you, this guy knows everything there is to know about computers. And uh, he's paid. He's paid to put together information systems and paid to keep doctors' offices and companies and businesses afloat, operating. I'm sure he's not paid enough. Thornton, record this and let your boss hear it. He's not, <laughs> he's not, he's not paid enough. But hallelujah, he, he's a good man. He's a good man and he's a good brother. He, he, he taught for me in our mentoring weekend here on Friday afternoon and did an incredible job. This is another key, and I'm really talking about it just because it comes out of the abundance of my, my heart. But you have, to, you have to appreciate the good people that are in your life. You must appreciate the good people in your life. And, and, and you, need to, you need to make sure you celebrate that relationship. You know, I have folks that sometimes come into my mentoring weekend the day before to spend a little bit of time, and I know that they've taken more time and more effort to get here to get a little bit more. So I celebrate that. I, I make sure I carve out time. I make sure that maybe we have lunch or a dinner plans or an early breakfast or something. But I celebrate them. I appreciate the people that are contributors, that are faithful contributors to Purpose International in helping us and helping me in doing all that God's called me to do and all of our projects around the world. You've got to treasure in relationships. You've got to treasure the trustworthy. Write that down. You must treasure the trustworthy. It is a wonderful thing. It is a beautiful thing to have somebody that you can place confidence in. There's nothing more shattering in life than to have your confidence betrayed. There's nothing there's nothing more stripping, nothing more more hurtful than to share something deep and, and, and private and hear it repeated by somebody else? You say, how do you know that? Well, that's happened to me. And, and several of you that are listening, that's happened to you. When you find a trustworthy friend, you must treasure the trustworthy that is in your life. You know, conversation will always determine your understanding of relationship. It's one of the reasons that every week at this time, every week at this time, I carve out this hour to talk. And I have men and women from, as I said, leaders from all over the country that have connected to me on a mentoring level, a friendship level, a partnering level to help me and as a kingdom investor in doing things. I have folks that are connected to me as, as I'm their bishop of a, over the ministry network that, that we uh, are all connected with and have fellowship with. So I have a wide variety. I have businessmen and women that are connected to me, that have made a decision to connect with me. And, and I know that not every relationship is the same, so I don't treat every relationship the same. I know Mama said treat everybody the same, but, but I found that Jesus didn't treat the 12 like he treated the 70. And I've even discovered that he didn't treat the, the 12 like he treated the 3. He took the 3 
to places that the 12 never got to go to. He took the 12 places the 70 never, ever saw. You need to understand, there's some folks that will come into your life for a reason, some for a season. They'll come in for a, a moment or for a conversation. Some are there for a year. Some are there for a lifetime. And you need to understand you need to understand that conversation will determine the understanding. Out of the abundance of the heart, the Bible says, the mouth speaks. And so you must continue to draw out in conversation. When one of your friends goes silent, find out why. Well, give them a little bit of space, but don't let too much space go by. Put your arm around them. Pick up the phone. Call. Let's meet for call. What's going on? I've noticed your countenance. You need to understand that relationships, a good life, is a collection of successful relationships. I said you've got to appreciate the good people in your life, and you need to maintain order in your environment. Now, this is very crucial, what I'm about to tell you. It's always important to maintain order. You know, when I write a letter, I keep a copy of it on file inside my computer. When I, when I have a, a conversation, I will jot notes when I'm on the phone as a reminder to me. My mind was not made for storage. It was made for creativity, so I'm not trying to remember all the facts. I, I write them down. And so it's very, very important that you maintain order in your environment. And here's why. From time to time, confusion will appear in your environment. You know what I'm talking about. Seemingly out of the blue, something is not right. All of a sudden, things just aren't making sense. I want you to write this down. Confusion reveals a deceiver is present. Confusion reveals a deceiver is present. I, I have a gentleman that I've been mentoring and uh, spiritual fathering and mentoring and connecting for a number of years. He has a number of businesses. And um, he was telling me one day over lunch that uh, his numbers of customers, clients, were all remaining the same at different locations of the different business he owned. But the income was down at a particular business. And, and just prior to discovering this, he had an odd feeling every time he went to that location of his company's business. He had, he had just an unsettling feeling, but he, he just, you know, signed it off as indigestion. He just signed it off as his, something in him. But you see, there's something inside of us when you walk in order that tells us that something is in disorder. Later he found out that the, that the financial numbers were down because there was someone that was giving him the report that was deceiving him and lying to him, and someone was stealing the money out of the company. Confusion in your home reveals there's a deceiver present. And it all probability will probably be one of your own family members. But you need to deal with it. You need to deal with with the deceiver, I have a whole teaching I'm going to do in, the, in an upcoming mentoring, Mentor's Mana on the boundaries, boundaries, identifying your boundaries, and, and how to identify those that rebel against your boundaries, what a rebel, rebellion looks like, whether you have boundaries in a business or a company or a church or in your home, 
uh, or in your personal life, that, that's going to be real good. Let me just share this with you. There's some single folks that are listening. And uh, I was thinking about relationships. For those of you that have been married and, and are not married today and you're thinking about maybe one day remarrying, maybe in your mind you're thinking, I never will, but that's not necessarily true. But you need to understand that dating creates a perception. That's what dating is about. It, it, is, it is a perception. And I want you to know that you, you can get the perception that the person sending to you, and it may be the wrong perception. But that's what dating does. It creates a perception. But you know what marriage does? It removes. <laughs> it removes every bit of perception. Marriage brings reality in like a light into a dark room. Marriage will bring reality in like a light being turned on into a dark room. You know, Proverbs 31 tells us that woman, a woman views a man as a jewel to be protected. But Jezebel, you don't know who Jezebel is, you need to do a word study on who Jezebel is views a man as a mountain to be conquered. Proverbs 31 woman views a man as a jewel to be protected. Jezebel views a man as a mountain to be conquered. Now, um, if you're dating, you need, to, you need to make sure that both of you desire the same future. If you, you're thinking about ministry, you might not be in ministry today. You might be working a Fortune 500 company job. You might be uh, have a beautifully beautiful uh, place, driving a very nice car. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking about changing everything in a few years and going to, to Asia. You, you need to enlighten the person that you're dating right now to make sure you both desire the same future. Because there are stark differences lined up in what we believe our destiny is, what our destiny is. Listen, my time is quickly coming to an end, and I've got a lot more to teach you about relationships. You can go back and listen to this. Um, uh, you can, uh, there's a special number that you can, you can call, and um, I believe it's area code 605-475-4895. And then just put in the code 535324 and then hit um, reference number. I believe it's 31. I think this is reference 31 or 32, program 31 or 32. Listen to both of them. You'll enjoy, <laughs> you'll enjoy them both. Let me just say as I wrap up my teaching time today that I have declared 2013 as the year of opportunity. 2013 is the year of opportunity. You say, what does that mean? An opportunity is an invitation to an experience. I want to say that again. An opportunity is an invitation to an experience. You can have good experiences where opportunity is knocked and you have seized it. You can have bad experiences by not working in the timing, the correct timing of the opportunity. And I believe that 2013 is our year of opportunity. I've been doing ministry, as I said at the beginning of Mentors Mana, for over three decades. And never have more doors opened in all the time that I have been in ministry. I have really, really been in the Word of God 
so much this last year and a half. So much. I received a prophetic word a number of years ago that that my ministry would become more and more private and behind the scenes than it would be public, be more and more time off the platform and doing effective ministry than being on the platform. That is so true, and that has happened. And I'm thankful for the platform opportunities, but I'm also thankful for the uh, coaching opportunities, the mentoring opportunities. But one of the things that I pursued in the Word of God is that I just know that without a great understanding of the Word of God, uh, we cannot move forward. We cannot move forward. I believe the two secret tracks or the rails that, that the tracks that I run on is the Word of God and hearing the voice of the Spirit of God. The Word of God and hearing the voice of the, of the Spirit of God. But there are places in our world, my friend, that do not have five Bibles in their home. Uh, they, they do not have uh, the Bible on their phone. They do not have an application. And so God has given us an opportunity in 2013 to take Bibles, print them in Chinese, and get them into China. Now watch this. And get Bibles printed in Korean and place them in North Korea. And here's the beauty of it. For just $4 a Bible. You heard me right. $4. $4 a Bible. Uh, man, it, that, that's, that's, that's exciting to me. I mean, that is absolutely exciting to me. We can get 25 Bibles for a $100 seed into people who do not have the Bible. We have to actually, working with a ministry that's smuggling the Bibles into North Korea. We're getting the Bibles into China. We've also started placing Bibles uh, with the local Middle Tennessee pregnancy centers for when young ladies come in and they're being counseled and troubled. That they have by and the covers are in pink. It's it's just a real great deal. I was in, I walked into a, a major store uh, over Christmas and I saw a, a wall of these Bibles, and I said, I want to buy as many of these that I can possibly purchase because I have friends that, when they hear about this, they're going to want to invest, and I know you're going to want to help us investing in the Bibles to China to Korea getting Bibles into the hands of young women that are making critical decisions with their life, and they can't make a right decision without the Word of God. And I'm asking everyone that's listening to me right now to go to drpaulkreitz.com, drpaulkreitz.com, and on the contribution button, I'm asking you to sow your very, very best seed. Now, for a $100 seed, we can get 25 Bibles into Korea or into China right now. Um, the Bibles for the young ladies, the pink Bibles, are a little bit higher price. Um, but you make your best seat. If your best seat is $50, I want to thank God for that. And some of you have not had an opportunity to sow in uh, to the ministry. It's tax deductible. It's going into Purpose International. And I pray today that everyone that hears my voice will do something, will do something. You see, the anointing you respect is the anointing you attract. The anointing that you sow in is the anointing you grow in. You, you need to know that today. You're wanting to grow in wisdom. That's why you're on this phone call. 
You're desiring to be mentored. You're desiring to go to the next level. This is the, the year that you're moving to the next level. So the word of God into people. Sow the word of God into people. And what you sow, God is not mocked. You're going to reap back the wisdom, the word, the blessing going to the next level. Maybe you're here and you can help me to put a whole, a whole box of 100 Bibles to China or Korea for $400. I really need your help right now. I need your help. I want you to pray for me. I'm leaving uh, in two days on Wednesday to go internationally on our next missions trip. I'm going to be teaching at our international college and our international Bible college. I've got a lot of things that are going on, and right now I need your prayer covering and your, your love and your support as much as possible. If you don't and cannot with your credit card go to the website, write me today at Purpose International, P.O. Box 703, Franklin, Tennessee. P.O. Box 703, Franklin, Tennessee, 37065. I've got to run. I love you. I pray the blessing of God upon you. Those of you local, those of you local here in Middle Tennessee, Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, 7.15, and uh, the rest, we will be connecting with you next Sunday. I love you. I'm praying for you, and thank God for you. Now, go do something great this week. Seize an opportunity that God is bringing your way. I'm praying for you. I love you, and I believe in you. Amen. Bye-bye.